different states, different mothers, still brothers. How are you doing, Michael? <laughs> did you write that down? Sure didn't. <laughs> I was thinking about it two weeks ago when I was really... I missed you. I missed I miss, podcasting. I know. I know. We haven't talked... Let's see. We talked once since I've moved to Montana, I think. Well, and we haven't podcasted at all. <laughs> Despite the last podcast, yes. we made a solemn promise. We made a very, a very that hardcore every promise. Tuesday for at least one month. Monday. Anyway, so it's been every Monday, and now it's been over a month. Let's, every, yeah, every, whatever day. What day, anyway, what day did you leave? Here again? we are. What day? We're podcasting. What day did you leave again in August? I believe it was. I believe I moved in on the eighth. You moved in on the eighth, so it's been a month. Pretty sure it's been a month. Yeah, because we were supposed to podcast on the tenth, I think, of August. So yeah, that's, and we haven't. Uh, so it's been it's been a bit. So it's ten, seventeen, twenty-four, thirty-one. That's that's Drew. It's been five. Wait, one, two, three, four, five. It's been six Mondays. <laughs> Man, there's so much to talk about. There's so much happening in the world and in my life and probably in your life. I almost texted you beforehand and told you I wanted to make this the Drew Show. Uh, (laughs) Well, it's it's pretty much going to be the Drew Show because there's not much happening over here. It doesn't need to be. Well, because now now I actually can't remember what the things I wanted to talk about were, so that's kind of funny. But I had, like, I was like, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about this, and that'll take up the whole freaking show so, dude we get in uh, um, but yeah i should have written it down i told myself to write it down too oh it's my probably super important well there's too much there's too much stuff happening i mean let alone the, i mean there's a new batman trailer like so i mean we could talk about that the entire time yeah. and it would take an hour but i want to know i really <laughs> and you know this it kind of uh with an intro like that i mean we it's gonna be uh uh it's going to be a good one because I I want to hear about the last six weeks of Montana, and all right, what okay what is well I don't know how how good it'll be I'll be honest with you okay. I'm not sure about that. Also, oh, it'll, so be, I've it'll been be good for me. These. Nothing has ever yeah I've been filming these. Nothing has ever been posted, uh, but I am going to at some point or maybe I won't. Who knows? But I'd like to. Otherwise, it's all a waste, right? Uh, but that said, it's funny how like I don't I don't I listen to Joe Rogan. I hardly you know whenever I watch anything, it's normally somebody else showing me a clip of his show. Yeah. So I I listen on audio, so it doesn't matter to me what a studio looks like. But it is funny how like his old studio was kind of cool, and I I can't explain this. I'm not. How do I say this? I like America. Like I love America. Yeah. Uh, I love America in the same way that I love San Diego. I grew up in San Diego. I was born in San Diego. I love San Diego. I can't say I take particular... I'm trying to make it... I don't know how to say this. Because I do have pride in being from there, but not any any sort of like... Like I was born there. It's not like I chose it. Right, right. But you're not, you're not getting... You're not you know getting, what I mean? You're not getting the area code tattooed on your body, basically. Yeah, and if I did, it would be, it would be because... Uh, I, I like I could see myself getting some San Diego oriented tattoo, but it would be because I grew up there, not because like I don't know how to say like I I can't really explain it. It's like I didn't choose to live there. So if somebody 
uh, moved to Montana, for instance. Right. You know, so Griffin, he moved to Montana. He got a Montana tattoo. He's very excited to be in Montana. He has, Mo- you know, a Montana hat. Oh, he d- and that makes sense he because that was a place that he chose. Well, what's a Montana tattoo? Uh, he got a skull of um, an elk, I believe. Oh, that's sweet. Is that is that like Montana a specific? Skull of something. No, it's just. Although the picture is around a lot of places. So oh, gotcha. Ki- kind of. Gotcha. But yeah, he just like that was a tattoo that he got to because he loved Montana. He did it before he moved here, actually, like a year before he moved here. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, because he and it says Montana on it. He loves Montana, so like taking pride in that that makes sense because because like he went to Montana, he loved Montana, he moved to Montana. He cho- you know what I mean? He chose Montana. But like yeah. for yeah, for me to have. Like, I do have excitement about San Diego, but that's because it's all attached to the people for me. Like, the, the place is cool. It's a cool city. It's a it's a cool county. Uh, it's also where my family is. It's also where most of my best friends are. So, I love San Diego. I will be a San Diego Padres fan till the day I die. Yep. Um, I actually think... I was going somewhere with this. Um, oh, so it's, it, this is uh, in typical Drew fashion. This is a really long way of saying something. But I'm going to keep going Do on it. this train of thought. I actually think if the San Diego Padres screwed me over in the same way that I feel that the Chargers screwed me over, I would still be a Padre fan. I left the Chargers. Like, when they went to L.A. and all that, like, I felt burned. kind, I, You know, as burned as I could feel, I guess. They're a team. I don't know them. Um, but... I was like, well, I'm not a Charger fan anymore, and I'm not. I don't care uh, how they're doing. I never watch their games. I never, I hardly ever watch games to begin with, but I never even look at the scores, which is something I used to do. If they made it to the playoffs, I would feel nothing except for a little irritated that they're win- Like, I actually, they might be my most hated team, team in a way. The only reason that they're not my most hated team, it's almost worse. I, I'm apathetic towards them entirely. Wow. But if I had to, if I went one way or the other, I prefer that they lose. Oh, um, I can I I can sympathize with that. I'll just I'll just tell you real quick um, that uh, if if my if I had a favorite team, especially my favorite team in my hometown, then uh, and they moved to essentially a rival, you know, a rival city. I think that would be a it would be a close. Like I don't know how I can root for this team anymore. I can't imagine I actually, how many. I fans actually think that that's lost. the thing that bothers me the most is that it's L.A. Yeah, I was like, you guys went to a place that already they already have. They already have the Rams teams. They already they, got their yeah. They already have the Rams and um, the Raiders were there for a long time, so they have like a really big Raider fan base. Yeah, and I you know, and I'm stealing some of this from stuff that my dad showed me podcasts or stuff that my dad said to me. But like, they went to the Super Bowl in 1995, I think. Right. It might have been 94. Um, might have been 96. It was one of those three years though. They went. I remember, but I, I was little I was five or six so I remember it but you know vaguely right but they went and they lost and they came home and San Diego threw them a parade for a team that lost they threw them a parade That's because they're that does not them. happen that often no not at all yeah they had fans here then they went to LA and I they talk about how like they're playing the games and they were um only showing certain parts of the stands uh on camera and stuff because right. the stadium was never filling up it was always kind of empty Okay, so anyway, all that to say, if the Padres did that same thing, I actually think I'd still be a Padre fan. I'd feel hurt, I'd feel burned, but I would think, like, well, I'm sure they had their reasons. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd, I'd just be much more forgiving. And I think it's because 
Uh, I actually went to Padre games a lot when I was a kid. I've never been to a football game in general. I've never been to you know, a pro football game. And, and, I've been to high school and college, but never. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to. And so I don't want to derail your thought your thought process, but just want to interject real quick. I'm actually uh, since since last time we talked about sports, which is probably about three or four years ago. Uh, <laughs> I I have well, first of all, if the Titans left Tennessee, it wouldn't bother me, other than the fact that I hope the new state starts with a T as well, um, just because I don't live in Tennessee. As much as I do, li- <laughs> I, I do like Tennessee, it's one of the only other few states I've been to, I prefer them to be there, or in whatever state I'm in, but Titans are my favorite team, uh, um, and uh, followed, followed closely by the Broncos, but um, uh, regardless of that, I have actually have, have come to not enjoy, like, I, I, I've, been, I've been keeping up with the football, and I just haven't been keeping up on baseball at all. Like, it's been a complete flip for me this time around. Like, oh, you're missing out. Okay, I'm going to finish this thought, and I'm okay. actually just going to skip right to what I was saying. And then I'm going to go back to what you're just talking about with baseball. Okay. okay. So, um, <clears throat> that said, Joe Rogan's old studio, he had an American flag hanging up in the back. Yes. That's what I was getting at. Okay. okay? I don't know why, but I feel a little naturally resistant to using that as a decorative piece at all. Um, and I do like America. I think that we're arguably the greatest country on earth. Yeah. But I, obviously I feel that way because I live here and I've been told that my whole life. Yes. But even the more I learn, the more I think like, no, we are, I mean, we're, we're slipping into a lot of the same problems that, uh, what would I say? Like not lesser countries, but countries that I would say are, are similar to us, but maybe not, not quite as quote unquote great. Right. Um, we're, of course. we're, we're, we're being brought down to their level right now. So so maybe if we are the greatest country on earth or and it also depends on how you're defining that, you know what I mean? Cuz like the greatest country on earth in in terms of what? In terms of money cuz we're not we're not that. Right. In terms of freedom, we we might be that, but we're not maybe not forever. Like how how important is freedom of speech to you? Right. versus economic safety. Yes. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I I would prefer freedom of speech to economic safety. But how you know what I mean? Like, uh, are we the greatest in whatever? So it does depend on how you're defining that term. One hundred percent. And again, it's it's very easy for me to feel like we're in the greatest country on earth because I live here. Yeah. Um. And I've been told that my whole life. So it's not it's a not an objective statement. For all ten listeners and the, the two that are in New Zealand. <laughs> um. <laughs> They've been, they've, they've been waiting, a, said, they've been waiting uh, a while for a podcast. Right. So, uh, he had the, you know, the wood table with the American flag behind him. It was real nice. And it just looked so, like, it was, real nice. it was uh, gosh, like, so, like, earthy. And, like, you know, it's when he talks about his hobbies, if you take out the, uh, the flotation tank, He's like, oh, yeah, elk. Have you ever tried elk? Every single episode. Have you tried elk? Oh, elk's great. No, I just hunt it myself. I just kill the elk myself. Yeah, with yep. my bare hands sometimes, you know. Yep. Uh, sometimes I use a bow and arrow. Uh, like, I've been getting into spear hunting lately. Um, and the studio, I just felt like fit that, you know, fit his, yeah, of how course. he went about things, right? Yeah. Then he goes to he goes to Texas. What? Is there a better state? For someone like him to go to than Texas, right? That sounds right. That probably, sounds good. Probably Montana. So he goes to Texas. Probably Montana. And he goes, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, because we actually have a ton of elk hunting. <laughs> I don't know. Texas has a lot of hunting, too. I'm not sure about yeah, elk, true. but that's because I don't know anything about that. 
but I know that we have a lot of all content. Okay. So he goes to <laughs> Texas and builds this new studio, and he's like, "Hey, here's my new studio." And I'm like, "Is it is it behind that Star Trek set that you're on?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I thought I saw someone say, like, you know, I, I expected a lot of nice things from the new Joe Rogan studio. I wasn't expecting the inside of the Death Star reactor. <laughs> like, yeah, there we go. That's fair. Like, it, okay, so b- baseball. Right now, this is. Uh, I made this joke right before the season started, and I was a hundred percent kidding. I was like, "Wouldn't that be really funny if the Padres were like?" super good because as it turns out they just get stage fright and so with no audience like with no people in the stands they just end up being like awesome is that, and then is that what's my happening? dad and I laughed and laughed what? oh my that's what's happening now? they're the most fun team to watch in baseball They, I mean they are killing it they are so good um, I mean hopefully they make it to the play they played the Dodgers so twice now in this in this run, um, so they won the first one and that that got all of us pretty excited. The Dodgers are, um, if I remember right, they might be the doing the best right now. Yeah. So they beat them the first time. I do know. So I, then they play them again today. The very little I know. No, no, no. Sorry, they beat them the first time. Then they lost yesterday. Right. So they play them again today, and I I I hope that they win. But yeah, they are so good, and they set the record. Okay. Some of this information might be wrong because it's not like I wrote it down. But this was, man, it was uh, the week I moved here, I think. So we're talking, you know, a month ago. Right. They set the record for the most consecutive games with Grand Slams. So that is uh, hitting a home run when the bases are loaded. Um, oh, they hey, did it. hey, Drew, Drew, one second. I just realized something. Give me one second. One second. Okay, so they set the record for the most consecutive uh, games with Grand Slams, so that is hitting a home run when the bases are loaded. I think it was at five games. They did it five games in a row. That's insane. And the last time that that record was set was 1895. Yeah, no, see, this is... Okay, okay, I'm going to get a little controversial here, and I'm probably going to piss you know, piss off a baseball fan or two, but if they were to hear me. But I just feel like... I don't you can say the same thing about football, where it's like, I feel like it's all about the touchdowns now. Well, it's always been about the touchdowns. It's always been about the home runs. But I really feel like, dude, I feel like everyone's on steroids in baseball right now. I feel like everyone's just... No, well, just... so it's weird because my dad and I have talked a lot about this and probably not just us two. I'm sure a lot. You know, my friend Chenny and I talked about it yeah. too. Is baseball was more fun even when I was a kid. Home runs are exciting. Okay? They're very exciting. The thing about a lot of home run hitters, so that's what a lot of teams are trying to get now because that's what we like right. watching is home runs, right? It, this is a perfect example of, you know how uh, we could talk forever about how progressives, how they, all, on almost every issue, I feel like the first move, the second move, maybe even the third move was a good thing. But then at some point they started going too far. Yes. That, that makes sense. sense. You know, they're like, oh, we want, like, these people should be able to have this right. Okay, cool. These people should also be able to have this right. Okay, cool. These people should be equal to us. Okay, cool. We should bow down and apologize to the, you know, yes. whatever. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, that's probably a bad example if that's going to get me in trouble. But, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, you know what no, I mean. No, no. Uh, hey, hey, no, no. There are, there are, I saw the, dude, I saw the fucking video of those, those, those 
people my, my, no i know my, my favorite example for them and now we're gonna have to go back but my favorite example for them because this is something i was like a hundred in my lifetime in just the past few years the me too movement yes. i would say the first six months to a year of that is is just wonderful oh yeah Hundred oh dude, I keep, I, I got I got to stop saying just really I gotta, great. I got to stop yeah. saying hundred percent, but yes, yes, two hundred percent. So, um, but then at some point to say to start insinuating like, well, this person did this thing and they were willing to, and they're both acknowledging that they did it, and they're also both acknowledging it was consensual. But the thing is, is he was a celebrity and she wasn't, so he was using his position of of celebrity or his position of power well, in order to get what he wanted from like as soon as it became something different than this person wrong right. this person uh, this was wrong and we're not talking about it like we have not been doing right by victims yes uh, yeah it, as soon as it became something different than that uh like because as we've talked about before i believe <laughs> i believe in a woman's autonomy to say yes and to say no and i believe in her right to say yes and to right. say no and i believe call me crazy but that women are strong enough to not succumb to the powers of celebrity yeah call me crazy yeah. but i think that women are strong individuals and i think that their word does matter and i don't think that just because a guy's a celebrity that she just suddenly loses her mind and does whatever he wants and then gets to go back later. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, not you, but somebody who might be listening, if you think, like, well, when has that ever happened? Just look it up all the time for, for a bit. Yeah. Like that's, at first, we nailed a bunch of people who were guilty of actual acts of misconduct and sometimes outright crimes. Well, And then, quit, like, within, within the year... It moved into a lot of people getting nailed for bad dates, uh, just bad dates. Yeah, bad dates essentially, um, or something that you look back and you go, "Man, I, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have done right. that." The difference is that you used to just go, "Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that," but then now you go, "Like, well, I mean, they were famous. I mean, how could I say no?" And it's like because you're a yeah, person, because, because ex- you're strong enough to exactly. say no. Oh my gosh! And I'm just trying to talk about baseball. And all that, <laughs> but here we go. No, home run hitters. So what I'm saying is, yes. every team they start filling up their their roster with home run hitters, and it's one of those things that starts cool because then you get more home runs, but then it becomes something that you don't like anymore because now the thing about home run hitters is they tend to hit home runs or not at all. Yeah. So it's better. It's it's more fun when you have a team that has a bunch of hitters that can just get on base, that can get to second base, that can get to third base, and you're watching and you're anticipating and you're like, oh my gosh, are they going to get out? Are they going to get to proceed to the next base? Are they going to... Like, there's a lot more tension in that game and it's a lot more fun than just watching people strike out, strike out, strike out. Okay, we're on to the next inning. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's... And so... Yeah. So the game has become too, too much about home runs. That said, the Padres have a solid team right now on, on both fronts. Uh, they have hitters, and then they have a couple home run hitters, and uh, and they're just they're just doing so well this season. I th- Because they lost yesterday, I'll, I'll say this, yesterday morning I was telling people, the Padres are probably going to the World Series. 
And then now they, you know, because they lost yesterday, I was just really hoping that they could uh, wipe out the Dodgers. But so maybe they, they will. Maybe they won't. They Either way, this season has been so cool. This has been such a good time to be a Padre fan. Even in Montana, people like I see people around town and they're wearing Padre hats, and I'll go up to them and be like, "Hey, good time to be a Padre fan, right?" And it's just weird because like. I'm from San Diego. I've only ever followed losing teams. That's how I feel. You know, the Padres went to the World Series in 1999. I think that was the year. Chargers went to the Super Bowl in 1994. Other than that, uh, we, we get no attention. We're not that good. Uh, sometimes we're outright bad. You know what I mean? Like, that, the Chargers have had some good years. The Padres, actually, ever since that World Series, they've not been great. They've just <laughs> but this past couple years, they've been really good. I wish I could have gone to some games this year. I went to like seven or eight last season, and it was so. That was one of the best summers of my life. Did you have a pass? No, I just tickets are kind of cheap. They're like thirty, oh, okay, so like fifteen to thirty, depending on the yeah, day you yeah, go. Yeah. And so I literally I marked on my calendar all the days that they were giving away stuff that I wanted to yeah. get, and so then I would do that. And then there was a couple times like, you know, I just got invited to a game that was in like an hour and a half one time, and it was like, okay, I'll go. And then my friend Chenny was going with us a lot. Our friend, uh, so obviously, you know, me, Callie, and then Chenny right. was coming a lot. And uh, our friend Cassie came a few times. And, uh, you know, with my friend Gil once. And, yeah, we just, like, we got a good, solid group of people down there who like going to games. And, uh, it was yeah, fun. well, I saw, the, I saw the Dodgers about two years ago, and those ticket prices were ridiculous. Um, Oh, that's because they're a good team. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why the only thing that I would be bummed out about uh, about the Padres if I was still living there, um, or if I was planning on living there again, would be that if they become a really great team, then those ticket prices are not going to stay at twenty, thirty bucks. Right. right. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, the Dodgers are my Civic Pride team. You know. I mean, I guess I could have equally picked the the, uh, the Chargers based on where I'm living, because um, it's like right in the middle, <laughs> but I've always, wait, not Chargers, I'm in Padres, uh, since I, I would never pick the Chargers, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I no, never, um, but Padres, yeah, I could have easily picked the Padres. The I don't know who my team is right now for football, uh, officially, I've been telling people the Browns, but, uh, Browns are underdogs, I mean, they're probably the, uh, the well, underdogs. Well, no, they're not, uh, actually, last season, I heard that they did pretty good last season, but yeah, my thought process in picking, because, as we've talked about, the, the Broncos are my second team, they've always been my second team since I was in third grade. Um, the reason that when I stopped being a Charger fan, I didn't just jump right onto the Broncos is because I felt like a bandwagoner at right. that time. So it was like, well, like I felt like I'd look like a bandwagoner. I shouldn't be concerned about that, but that's just what I felt like. So I was like, well, who should I pick? And I was looking at, I was thinking about it. And the thing is, is the Browns are like consistently the worst team. <laughs> they're like everybody. They're just very bad. Well, they're, and They're I playing this Thursday. Nobody could so. accuse me of bandwagoning. <laughs> what? Playing the Bengals this Thursday, I think. Oh, good deal. Yeah, I thought if I jump on the Browns, the two positive things are no one could accuse me of bandwagoning, and um, there's only one way to go from here. <laughs> That's true. It can only get better. <laughs> they can't get worse. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, anyway. That's well, I, it. We talked think, about baseball. We talked about. Go ahead. Oh no! I was gonna say, as you uh, as you said that, I, I just imagined like that that would be their that would be their team uh, their team motto that would pop up, like anytime they're losing or something. 
or any time at all. There's only one way to go from here. That, that would actually... They just need to embrace it. They need to lean into that whole thing. I, I would. Yeah, I would. At some point, you, you gotta... Yeah. But the, the thing is, is yeah, they are the, they're not the underdogs yet, but they're the only... They're not the only team that could be. But you know what I mean? Like, they lose so much that, like, if you were a fan of them... Like I said, there's only one way to go. Either yeah. you love them and so they lose, and that's fine because you love your team. Or you love them and then they start to win. Right, right, and, right. You know, as a, as a Padre fan, I'm experiencing a little bit of that right now. It's the best. And the thing that I love, you know, with the Padres, again, it's that, you know, I, I didn't know about the Seahawks before they went to the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not that involved in football, obviously, but it's just funny how I'd never heard of the Seahawks. I just, that didn't, team didn't come up. They went to the Super Bowl. That's when I heard of them probably the first time is when they when they made it. And then everyone was a Seahawks fan all of a sudden, right? Yes, I remember. So my dad, yeah, my dad was saying that that's pretty much what's going to be happening with the Padres after this season. They're going to be picking up a lot of people from other states and stuff just because they're so damn fun to watch well, right now. I'm just shocked um, you, you found a Padres fan in Montana. I mean, in my head, there's like eight people oh, in Montana. Oh, a couple. Wow. Yeah, people... You know, see him with the hats and the shirts and stuff, and wow, uh, we talk about it. What one of the guys wasn't even from there. Uh, one guy, he is from there. He moved here t- twenty years ago, I think. Jeez. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so like you anyway. said, football, baseball. Um, I want to just because I haven't heard any of this. I don't know what's going. I want to just hear a brief. I mean, I don't care if it's brief. I don't care how long it is. I want to hear the trip to Montana, what that was like, and I want to hear the settling down, what's your neighborhood like. By the way, I went on Google Earth and typed in your address and drove down your street. So. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. In, my, in the virtual uh, car. <clears throat> it's very. You live in a town that has a river on it. Sure do. Okay, what's that like as a person who always wanted to live in a nice place? Oh, well, that's cool. Uh, so during the summer, floating is a big thing. You get your tubes and your floating coolers, and you float oh down my the gosh, river and that's, a, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to. Flo- and so you do like a probably a four hour float, three hour float. I what mean, do you, you can, how you does can that work? Decide how long you want it. Where do you park your car? Oh, you. Well, so that's the thing is. Um, oh, oh. On how you want to do it? Dude, okay, hold on. Let me guess. Let me guess. You. Oh wait, no. Okay, so what you do? What you do is you drive. Four, you don't drive four hours, but you drive as far as the float's going to be, all the way to the end, uh, with 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 yeah, someone else. Yeah, that four hour float would be about a ten minute drive, just so you know. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so if you're driving like, let's say you're driving like fifteen minutes, drive fifteen minutes down the float, and then you drop off a car with someone else. They get in your car, you drive all the way back up, you float all the way down to their car. Is that how it works? Well, there's no, there's a couple. You could, um, and some like sometimes. I, I got here kind of late in the season, so I actually only went once. I only did the float one time. Nice. Um, before it's, it. it's too cold. So so next year I'll be doing it constantly, I'm sure. Like most people here, they do it like a couple times a week. Wow. Um, wow. You make the most of your summers. You know, you go camping a lot. You you hike a lot. You float a lot. Yeah. You go outside li- because uh, as soon as winter hits, it's, it's freezing and it's dark most of the day and whatever. Gotcha. So here's some... Uh, well, uh, one way to do it is you walk um, to this area. The, all the buses out here are free. So you take the bus out to this one spot. I'm, 
you know, learning this from my friends out here. Okay. Um, gotcha. You take the bus out and then you float from where that bus drops you off down and then you can walk back to my apartment. Because, so my friend Griffin, he lives, if I was to walk about 15 seconds from my house. So. You could walk to it? <laughs> to Griffin's house, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, how far, then how far is the float? So the float, so you would, I would walk to his house in the, if we were going together. Let's assume we were. Yes. Um, so then we would walk to the bus station, which isn't far. We would take the bus out to wherever the spot is, float down the river, and then walk back to our house. At, get off at the spot that's like half a mile away from our place, and then yeah. get off and come back. So you could do it like that. Um, when we went... I'm trying to remember what we did. Because we got a ride out there with somebody. Yeah, they did a two-car situation. So we, we went with somebody, we drove out there, um, and then it was like a couple of their nurse friends, so one of them dropped had dropped a car off in one place, and one of them had the car down there. So they were doing the double car thing. Um, so we rode out with them, we floated down, and then we just walked home. So there you go. That's pretty much how, we, how we've done it. Was the water super cold? Yeah, it was pretty cold. So I've done floats uh, in Arizona and in Texas. And in both those spots, the water was very comfortable. Now, like I said, I got there later in the, the season and stuff. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty cold. Um, so, wait, how long does the float actually last? So, if, so if you were to go down... Go four, down four hours-ish. That long? But you can make it... Yeah, you can make it as long or short as you want, though. It's not like there's one designated spot to get in the river and float down. Okay, so do you float with a cooler? We did. And what if the cooler gets away from you? No, you you tie yourselves. So there's this. It's a flotation thing. I have to send you a picture of. Uh, oh, do you do you sit do you sit different tube? I'm picturing like you both. Yeah, sit so so tubes. I'm in one tube. They're in one tube. Like everyone's in their own tube. And then there's a a, a thing. Um, it's a cool. It's a floating thing that's meant to hold a cooler. So you put the cooler inside of that, and then everyone's tied together. In a loop. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. So there's no, like, ro rocks or anything that it can get snagged on or anything like that? Uh, it can happen sometimes, but usually not. Yeah, so I've done this twice this year. Well, because I went once here and then, uh, let's see, some point in quarantine. I don't remember when. July? What happened? No, it would have been before July. At some point, I went... And it was during quarantine. I went with Sean and Tyler and well, well, Nathan and uh, Arizona. My last, I was sent home. And then I went to that same March, spot in Arizona. March 10th was my last working yeah. day, I think. I think it was March 10th. So Yeah, mine was March 13th, I believe. Yeah. So, anyway, came out here. Uh, let's see, I floated once. I didn't have a job for about a week. And then I got one. Um, it was weird. I was on Indeed and just applying for, like, random jobs. And I noticed that there was this oil rig that's, like, 20 minutes away. And they were hiring at oh, $67 geez. an hour. Uh, at what? Sorry. And 60, 
$67 an hour and I have no experience at all or anything and they wanted two years of experience but they must wow. have been hurting for people because I I applied and I got that job oh my gosh yeah so I've been working at uh, 40 hours a week for $67 an hour sometimes overtime which is uh, you're lying time and a half so wait are you serious yeah wait 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 I thought you were a server. Uh, I, well, I used to be. Wait, so what do you do now? Uh, I work on an oil rig. For how much? $67 an hour. Is that a six and a seven? Yeah. Drill. That's actually kind of low for, for that industry. <laughs> How many hours a week? 40, sometimes more. I get overtime for that. Are you fucking kidding me? Drew. No. Drew, you're making over... I would never joke about oil. Drew, you're making over 10 grand a month? Uh, if I worked just 40 hours before taxes, I would be making $10,720. Yeah, that's what my calculator says. Yeah. What the... Uh. Okay, so... Uh, okay, so you... You you make... You make six figures a year now. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Dude, that's life-changing. That's literally life-changing. You understand that, right? Well, I mean, I'm living my best life, Michael. What do you do on the, what do you do on it? What? What do you do on the oil rig? You know, I deal with the the barrels after they get refined, they come up and then they have to go through a refinery and then they go through a processing plant that we have on premises and then um from there they get to us and I put it in in barrels and I seal the barrels up and then I ship them out to the proper allocations what, what did your parents say when you told them you make more money than them I don't make more money than my parents really I don't make more money than my dad really yeah I think he makes like 20 more than me or something so he makes he makes about 100, 140 a year 150 you know <clears throat> My dad's pretty tight-lipped about that, so I don't want to talk about it. But sure. and I don't, I don't know how much he makes. Right. <clears throat> um, it's all it's over a hundred. I feel comfortable saying that. I don't know if he'd be comfortable with me saying that. But, right, right, right. Yeah, uh, but I, I but I don't know how much more than that. I'm. If memory serves, I don't think you know. We grew up middle class. Their house is tiny in San Diego. You know what I mean? Like I'm not right. We we weren't allowed to buy sodas when when we went out to eat, so so there you go. Middle class. We went out to eat, you know. We had enough money to do that. We weren't allowed to get sodas because, Drew, do you understand that that's ten dollars and we don't even have our food yet? Yeah. That's ten dollars. If if everyone in the family gets a soda, that's ten dollars. Yep. It's just gone, and we haven't even gotten food. No, well, I know that logic right now. Trust me. I completely understand it. 
Yeah. Wow. So well, anyway. I'm I'm impressed. I didn't know I didn't know you got you you landed a, a job that that. I mean, that's essentially. I keep calling you. I keep I kept trying to tell you. Wow. That's that's impressive. Michael, you should call me when I'm when I'm not in bed or doing something. <laughs> Because you should know you should know when I am free at all times. I'm just kidding. Are you in bed at 3 p.m.? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's 2 p.m. for you. I mean, <laughs> hey, it was a long night. It's a long night. Hey, hey, uh, Michael. Yes. I don't work on an oil rig. <laughs> okay, that was I was officially convinced. There was one moment, there was one moment where I was like, what do you do on it? And then I had a moment where I'm like, he could be fucking with me. But then I, I want to let you know that you, ha you had me 100%. You had me 100%. Yeah, I, that, was, that was when you asked me what I do on it. That was uh, the, definitely the roughest point because I'm like, what do people, I don't even know what people do on oil rigs. Dude, I, I cannot, know what thing about an oil rig. I cannot believe <laughs> I cannot believe. Well, also, I keep saying oil rig, and I'm pretty sure they're in the ocean. So then I was like, I was ready if you brought that up to be like, well, there's a bunch of lakes around here, which is true. But I'm like, is is does that even <laughs> is there oil in the lakes? Is this, a, is this a freshwater versus saltwater situation? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Here's yeah. here's what really happened though. I did get a job. I'm, I'm I have a job interview actually today in uh, at three three o'clock I think. Oh nice. Um, so I got a job at a Thai restaurant around here. It's pretty good as far as Thai food goes, I hear. I have never I've never had Thai food. Not before, and I still haven't. So You've never had Thai? I hear What? I've never had Thai, no. Oh jeez. Um, I hear that this place is good though. <laughs> oh no. So I went I went in, uh, I applied on Indeed, got the job up uh Got the job interview through Indeed, so I walked in, and the lady said, uh, "You know, her her English is very broken, but she does speak English, so that's that's good." It is sad because, like, I've been working on. Eh, eh, this isn't. This is just a fact of life. It's there's a Bill Burr joke where he talks about how this lady says, uh, "I don't want to sound racist, but there's a lot of Asians in here." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then, you remember that one? And then he's like. That's, that's not, not racist. There's a lot of Asians in here. That's an observation. <laughs> but, like, in this day and age, you just don't know. That's how I feel right now. Every <laughs> restaurant I ever worked at, pretty much the entire kitchen staff was Mexican. Right. I've learned a lot of Spanish in the past few years uh, because of the people I've dated and because of uh, work. Okay? Yes. So much Spanish. Right. And then I move here. You know how many Mexicans I've seen since I moved to Missoula, Montana? How many? One. Oh, one yeah so uh, the entire kitchen there I think they're Chinese and it's just like one of those things where I'm like I'm not gonna learn I'm too old at this point it's just not it's not gonna stick the way Spanish did like I'm not gonna learn any Chinese this sucks <laughs> all, all these years spent learning this other language that just is doesn't matter out here um, also I really I don't know how to say this without sounding stupid, but I really like that culture, that that people group, and so it's it's unfortunate that you know I'm not here, but that's life. Uh, so that said, I don't like that I said that. 
Where what? <laughs> the, you like uh, the, the the Mexican culture? Yeah, tensions are too high. I'm like, am I allowed to say anything about any other people other than white people? Am I allowed? I don't know. <laughs> that you Everything that you really like so the Mexican right culture, now. dude. If anyone got mad at you for yeah. that, if anyone got mad at you for that, uh, that that would just be just. Uh, we just need to give up. We just not never speak. Yeah, about. I'm just too nervous about everything. Just you know, you go online and you see stuff, and it's just like, wait, what am I allowed to? Yeah, um, you didn't. You haven't said so, anything in this podcast that's that any normal person wouldn't agree with. So, yeah. So, um, oh, I walked in for the interview. The lady said, uh, "Okay." So literally, she goes, "Oh, you're here for the interview?" I said, "Yeah." Okay, sit down. Okay, so I sit down. She goes, "You have uh, restaurant experience?" I was like, "Yeah, like I don't know, ten years or something, eight restaurants." She goes, oh, "Okay." Um, when could you start training? And I said, "Oh, whenever." And then she said, "Okay, could you come in in like an hour?" <laughs> and I said, "Oh, oh, I'm I'm busy I'm busy tonight. <laughs> I can come in tomorrow." Um, she said, "Okay, can you come in tomorrow at ten thirty? I said, "Okay." And then she said, "All right, I'll see you tomorrow at ten thirty." Now that that's, was that's the fastest I've ever been through an interview. <laughs> that wow. Was it. wow, that was it. Yeah, and then I came in the next day. And before we opened, she kept saying things to me like, yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll try it out today and if you want to stay or if we want to keep you. Like, she kept saying things that basically were implying that they wouldn't, like that maybe she wouldn't want me, you know? Oh, that's weird. I thought it was weird, too, but it kind of makes sense, like, especially now. Like, she's just trying to keep from getting... Uh, crappy people kind of makes yeah. sense you know at, uh, at my other jobs we've had this experience before where people come and they go like oh yeah I've been serving for this long and then you hire them and you quickly realize like they they were lying right they haven't been serving they've never carried a tray before they said they had they haven't um, they're terrible with tables they probably like they're familiar with the restaurant so they were probably a busser or a host and then wanted to serve so they came here and said they've been serving but they got haven't. it that makes sense um yeah, so she came to me the next day. So the next day, I'm following this girl, uh, and for like three or four tables, and then that girl goes, uh, you know, another table gets set. She goes, "Hey, do you want to try it?" And I go, "Okay." So then I go over and I take them, and then another table walks in. She goes, "Do you want to take that one too?" I go, "Okay." So I go over and I take that one, and the third one comes in, and she goes, "Do you want to take that one too?" I go, "Okay." Oh wow! So I go over and I take them, and I'm I'm handling all these tables, right? Yeah. And uh, and putting the orders in and what whatever. Now, it's, this is a stupid thing to be proud of at my age, but, like, I am I am good at what I do. I remember I have I have thought I am good at what I do for a long time. Somebody one time said to me recently, uh, well, recently in COVID time, uh, so, you know, eight months ago probably. Um, yeah, one of my friends, they said, you're really good at what you do, which obviously felt a certain amount of pride in that. And again, I know that's weird because I'm just a server, and at my age, maybe maybe it would be good to have attained more, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast. Right. But, um, and then she said, uh, and I, I think one of the reasons is you take a lot of pride in what you do. And it was weird because yeah. that was like maybe the first time I thought about it. It was like, I do think that that actually makes a difference because... I'm trying to think of this. Like, I don't look at this as, like, it is a way to make money. It is my way to make money. But, like, when I when I think servers, the reason that a server should get tipped is because when a person sits down, they should be thinking, like, all right, you are my responsibility for the next 30 to 45 minutes or however long you're here. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I am here for you. 
um, the reason that I deserve a tip from you is because at my last two jobs, I have three tables. You are one of them. So you have completely one third of my attention. You know what I mean? Like, does it, does that make sense? Like, I oh, that makes perfect sense. I'm dedicated to you. Um, yes. So it was like I don't know. For me, I never thought of like, oh, this is the this is the check, so I deserve this percentage or whatever. I do want that percentage or whatever, but I fully plan on earning that if that makes sense. And then, and then another thing, and I when I used to do training classes, I remember telling them this, and this all sounds so corny, but like uh, one of the points at one of the restaurant where I was training um, was why do you keep doing that? That's a good name for a restaurant. Sorry. Um, so it was uh, gratitude. Showing gratitude was one of the points, you know? Yeah. And I would always tell them, like, to be grateful because these are the people that are paying your bills, essentially. You know what I mean? Be right. grateful. Yeah, yeah. These people coming in, they're giving you money that socially they have to do, but they don't actually have to do. Nobody has to do anything for you. The company has to pay you by the hour. That's the only thing that has to be done. That's so true. if you get yeah. anything at all past that, be grateful. Um, and that is literally, I mean, that was an exercise. Exercise? I don't know. I started really stressing that to myself. How long ago would that be now? Like six years ago or something like that? That was just something I really started to try and implement in my life. Just feeling yes. grateful. And I, I think that that's actually changed a lot about how I do things. Okay, so that said, that's a boring thing to listen to. Um, she <laughs> no, came up to me after I was boring. taking these tables. And she said, uh, hey, uh, you, you really good. And I was like, what? And she's like, you're, you're, you're a really good server. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And so then she, uh, yeah, ever since then, that's where I've been working. And uh, That's rad. Yeah, so, it's pretty so, cool. They, so, you know, there was a day a week or two ago, it got really busy, which normally, to be fair, it doesn't. I'm doing a lot of to-goes there. Like, I go in to serve, technically speaking, but... All of us are kind of doing to-go and serving. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. So, uh, and mostly it's to-go right now still. The restaurant's open, but most of it's to-go still. And um, the other day, though, it got really busy, and I was taking like 13 or 14 tables, which is the most I've ever had at one time, I think, at any restaurant ever. Um, I'm Like, it's weird. I've never kept, I wish I'd kept track of that. Uh, you know, I've had, when I worked in Hemet, on Valentine's Day and Mother's Day, you know, that was, that was like, the Tillos was like the restaurant to go to for those two days. So I might, I might've had that many tables those days, but probably not. Anyway, so I had like a ton of tables at one time and I'm just running around, I'm handling it. And then they keep asking me like, are you, are you okay? Do you need anything? I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And, uh, and I was, I was, I was stressed out, but I was on top of it and I did pretty good. And then at the end, you know, people were telling me like, they were like, yeah, I heard that uh, you're like the, what would what, she say, like the fastest server that we have or something like that. And it's just, I don't know, it's weird. Dude, it just, I mean, it just, so you got in there and it just clicked for you. Like, I mean, yeah, like it's, you said, it's, you have uh, eight years, ten a, years experience. I mean, that's, you know, you know what, you know what to do. Yeah. So that's what Have I'm you ever thought now. about, have, then, you ever, have you ever, have you ever I have another. 
if you ever considered, um, like, opening up, you know, not the, you know, a restaurant. Yeah, like, like, or man, yeah, or, or, like, or like, or like working time. towards managing one, or becoming, you know. Okay, like, so here's here's my plan right now. Okay. Okay. There's another restaurant, and I'm not going to say the name of it, but there's another restaurant. It. It's a, it's a popular steak restaurant. That's basically the same as the last steak restaurant that I worked at. Gotcha. Um, so, it's a chain, which means I could move up if I wanted to or whatever. There's one in town. They were hiring for hosts and bussers on Indeed. So, I saw that, and so I, I put my uh, resume in. Nice. And uh, with no intention, I don't want to be a host or a busser. Right? right. But I put it in, and the manager called me, and he said, Hey, um... It's just pretty funny. He calls me, the manager uh, for this restaurant, he calls me and he goes, Hey, uh, so I saw your resume and I looked through it and it looks like you're qualified. What did he say? He said, uh, I, I went through your resume and I'm only hiring for bussers and hosts right now. And it looks like you're qualified for more than that. <sighs> I'm uh I don't I don't really have any room <laughs> for servers right now but I mean you just you have so many years of experience it it would really be a waste to not at least talk to you Oh wow so would, See that well that's how strong you like to come in a, for an interview That's how strong your re- your resume is with uh, restaurants <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, and it's funny because actually on there, I don't, there's a lot of restaurants I don't have on there, which maybe right. I should tell them, but that's why I, I used to say work experience and I had them all listed, <clears throat> but I've changed it to uh, relevant work experience. Gotcha. And the reason I did that is because, like, I just don't, you know, I have, uh, well, I'm not going to say the restaurants, I don't want to, because, you know, we've all heard those horror stories of what happens of sometimes. Course. <laughs> but, um, there are certain restaurants that I worked at. Uh, I'm trying to think. Can I, can I say them? You know, but whatever. Basically, what I've determined, like six months or less, I'm not going to put it on there because I have other restaurants on there that I've worked at for you know one of them for six years, another one for five years, one of them for two and a half. Yeah, as like long as there's no, no made, as long as there's no so, major gaps. So basically, it's like your yeah, I have these these restaurants that I've worked at consistently. For a long time, and then all these other ones that I worked at for short spurts or whatever. So, right. And I, I, I'm like, actually, I'll say this one because I'll never go back. Like, no one needs to call Dave and Buster's and be like, "How oh, was Drew there?" I was fine, but like, yeah. they're not gonna remember me. You know what I mean? So. Wow. Well, so right now you're working at the Thai restaurant. You have an interview at the steak restaurant today, and. Then uh, at that, uh, and then would you quit the Thai restaurant? Oh yeah. So what I was gonna tell you is my goal is if I get a job at that steak restaurant and like so with how he's told me he doesn't have room, I'm gonna tell him because I have this other job and it's not like I'm itching to leave it necessarily. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just gonna tell him like, look, if you can just put me on the schedule one day a week or even just put me in the system and let me pick up shifts until you have more room for another server, that's fine. Like I'm willing to do that. But if I get this job, I've already like decided in my heart or whatever. I'm going balls to the wall for management. Like I'm gonna get in there, yes. and that's my goal is to be I, a manager. That's what I want. That's what I'm gonna do. And it, I, so I wanted great. that at my last. I wanted that at my last restaurants. The problem is, is that I, I dicked around too much, 
like I did work, I did good work, but I also goofed around a bit, and so I think that I I lost like whatever I had that like could have like I was good enough. People said I was good enough, but certain people in management at both places they saw something a little bit. You know what I mean? Like the bad stood out to them more than the good. Which I'll go ahead and say at one restaurant I don't think was justified at all. At the other one, it was justified a bit. Um, so, well, I was gonna say, uh, I, th- I think, I think. So, you know, so when I get here, like, yeah. there's no jokes, there's no whatever. I'm just gonna keep my head down, do my work, do well, be not, you know, be likable or whatever, For sure. and uh, assertive. I actually, you know, I'll, I'll say this: as far as quarantine goes, it's made me more. I like serving again. I'm glad to be out doing it, um, and. You know, I feel like I've I've found that not found that passion again, but that's pretty much how I feel. Is like after being, you know, just in my room, you know what? I, not in my room, but you know what I mean. Like just doing nothing for a while. It's just really great to be back out there doing that, and um, and you know that with the hey, Drew, school hold, or whatever. I feel. So, hold on two seconds. Hold on two seconds. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. I, cu- I completely cut you off. I know you were saying uh, you were you were saying that you kind of found that passion again, and. I think that's I honestly oh, right, right. I'm, I'm just really, feel, I'm, I'm really feeling more productive. You. I feel better about myself cuz obviously I'm in a better place than I was in, you know, months ago. Um, sure, yeah. Not you know, maybe not not to, to the degree that I wish I was, but I'm in a, a pretty decent place, you know. And then uh, between like I'm just feeling more productive. Of course. And you have I'm, try, you have, I'm doing you have, the damn, you know, I'm trying to do the damn thing. And uh well you have goals better right than now. just waiting for the damn thing to start yeah you know what of i course. mean like i felt like like i was just it's weird i had a conversation i told you about this but back in january where it was just like i'm ready i'm ready to progress i'm ready for my life to mean something to be better and and i'm gonna do it and then you know there was like i felt like you know a month of just like not a month like constant well you were going to do this thing, well, well, you can't do that now. And you wanted to do it, you know, this thing, and you can't do that now. And you wanted to do this thing, and you can't do that now. And it's just like everything kind of started falling apart for me. And, um, you know, I'm being vague on purpose, but you know what I'm talking You know all this stuff, you know. And so uh, it just was this thing. But then at some point to just go like, no, I need, okay, so that didn't work what's the new plan you know what i mean like what is the new plan and so to finally be working towards something again instead of the whole thing that conversation what that meant to me back in january was i'm not waiting for my life to start anymore i'm gonna i'm gonna start it you know what i mean yeah and um unknowingly what basically happened you know, in March is like, it, it became this thing. Well, like, okay, well, I'm going to wait a little bit and then I'm going to start progressing again. But then obviously the 14 day, uh, quarantine, 14 day flatten the curve period turned into six months, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, it was, you know, I wasn't waiting 14 days and then I wasn't waiting a month. I wasn't waiting two months. It was like, well, okay. So I'm just waiting forever now. I'm, and, and unknowingly, like without thinking about it, I'd just gone right back to where I was before, where I was just like, well, I'm just waiting for my life to start again. Until at some point I'm like, no, I can't. I feel shitty all the time. Like, I right. can't just sit here waiting. So, um, anyway. I'm, uh, I'm genuinely stoked. That's where I'm at now. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling not good. 
I'm feeling better. Yes. There's, uh, I am I am in a state where I don't know anybody and I don't do much and I don't you know the only person I know I see them once a week so it's not, uh, it's it is lonely. Uh, there's that. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, there's so it's not quite as positive as I'm making it sound, but uh, it's there's only and, um, there's only one way to, way to go from here, right? <coughs> like the Browns, like just like the Browns. <laughs> <coughs> Sincerely, though, um, I think I think leaning in, leaning into that, I think doing what you're, you're, you know, you seem to like, you seem to, you seem to know it, and to to kind of embrace that, and even you know, like work up your way to management. I mean, I know you're still in school, but I mean, have you considered like like leaning over to business administration or anything like that? I mean, you could well, really Well, actually, I'm a, I'm I'm a business degree. There you go. Never mind. Yeah, they're yeah. already leaning into I, it. I changed whenever I switched schools, that was uh one of the things that I did. I still have the same goal to be a history teacher. Yes. But as it turns out, they didn't tell me this, but as it turns out, if you get your bachelor's in anything, you can become a teacher. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't need to. You don't need to get a bachelor's in in history. You just yeah. Pass, so I was getting a, a bachelor's in history because I thought that's what I needed to do to be a history teacher. If I had known back then that I didn't have to. Now I, I don't you, know that I would still... have. But I, I think I I would have done something different. I think because if I get a degree in something, like if I get a degree in business, in theory, I could do more with that. You know, right. where if if I get a degree in history, pretty much. I can be a history teacher. You know what I mean? True, but you, you still would need to go to a teaching, some type of teaching, like a place to. Yeah, you still have to that get would your teaching credential. And that would really a test I have to take, and that's it though. The, but that'd the subject be it. test to show, yeah. So, um, so that's still my goal, and I should, in theory, I should have my bachelor's degree in less than a year now. So, heck yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, I'm stoked um, for you. I do want to talk about one more thing if you have time for it. Yes. I had two things in particular I wanted to talk about, and I think we'll only be able to talk about one. So I'll oh, let you pick. R- real fast before before you give me the two, th- your trip up there. How was it? Real fast, just briefly. Like how uh, how was the? I was the, the long. Drive? So I have a four cylinder truck, and I was towing my trailer. And there was spots if if I started going uphill at all that I couldn't go faster than like thirty miles an hour. My foot would be all oh, the way geez. down on the ground, and it was going like thirty miles an hour. It took. It took us like 20, okay, so the GPS said that we'd be here, I think it said 18 hours, something like that. Yes. Um, it took us like 27, 28 hours, and then they drove, when they drove back, they made the 18-hour time, so. Oh, wow, okay, so yeah, that uphill battle really, really matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was fun. Uh, Sam and Sean were in one car, Chenny and I were in mine, and uh, <laughs> glad that they all came. You know, That's right. I, I miss them all. Sam, Sam's been calling me probably like twice a week since I moved here. I've talked to Sean a few times. Chenny and I, we, we keep up. Chenny's talking about, because he's been working from home since quarantine. So yesterday he said, hey, what would you think if I took, uh, if I came up there for a couple weeks and just brought all my work, like my computer stuff with me? And I would still have to work my eight hours a day, but I could just stay up there for two weeks. And so he's talking about doing that. Dude. And then, uh. Dusty's coming out in November, and uh, Callie's coming out. Really? In a week? Yeah. So I wow. got I got some some company, some visitors. I'm very excited. So that just leaves October with nothing. So I'm thinking I'll. My uncle lives six hours away, so I think I'm gonna go visit him next month, 
I found out that my aunt is actually going to be visiting him too, so I can do some overlap and see them both. Well, so. with with your six-figure job on your oil rig, you can fly me out for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you kept that up for a long time, right. by the way. Like that was a <laughs> you kept that up for a good. Like. Oh, I actually my my I thought of doing that like a couple days ago, and I was like, you know what? I think I'll. Uh, I'll do it for the whole podcast and then tell them the truth on the next podcast. That's what I was thinking. I would, I would have, like, you picked the perfect, the thing I love about it is you picked the perfect job. Because I know just enough about those things where it's like, I know you get paid bank because it's a dangerous, dangerous job. And I was going to ask you about that. That's dangerous. why I picked that. Yeah. I was going to do underwater welding, but again, there's no ocean and I didn't think <laughs> I could sell that one as well, so... <laughs> You know what's funny is I probably would have believed you too, but you know that would have taken a little bit more. But uh-huh. I would have had a lot more questions, uh, probably. You know, but uh, that was yeah. Anyways, I'm I'm, pre- I'm still I'm still impressed by the oil rig thing. So, <sighs> but anyways, okay. What are the two right. topics? David Bazan and David from the Bible. These are the two separate things. Yeah, they're two separate things. So which one would you like to talk about? And then we'll talk about the next, the other one on the next podcast. All right, let's do uh, Well, let's... You pick. No, 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 please pick. All right, David from the Bible. You know what? Let's talk about David Bassan. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, as soon as he said that, I'm like, that one actually might be longer than... <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, David Bazan. 20 years of marriage, getting a divorce. Yep. Now, nobody listening to this, it's not going to mean as much to them as it might to you or me, but what the fuck? I know. It's very... It's, 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 you know, I mean, Elena said that his next record is going to be amazing. But, uh... Well, no, that's... Oh, so that's what I wanted to ask you about, actually. That statement right there. Yeah. Isn't it? I didn't say it. I did not say it. Okay. Nope. But I thought it, and then you said it. Yep. And I didn't say it intentionally because I thought it's a weird thing to say, but at the same time, it's hard to ignore. I'm like, yeah. Wow. I'll bet his next record's gonna be really good. Yeah. But that's not a good. Like that's sad. That's a you know like Owen his the Avalanche is probably my second favorite Owen record ever, and I feel bad for him. Oh yeah, no, I'm w- I'm with you now. You know, um, I think Andy Hall talked about on this podcast this is years ago, but he was talking about when they were uh, when he was trying to write for. I can't remember. I think it was a Black Mile to Sun, uh, but it might have been Cope, where he was talking about he was having a hard time writing because normally he wrote about the things that he was sad about, like as you do, you know. But he's like, my life is going great. I'm married. We're happy. Like we we worked through a lot, and we're happy now. And then we have kids, and I'm, I'm, I'm a happy person. And so trying to learn how to write differently is has proved to be a challenge, you know? And um, the thing... <sighs> Bizarre, I mean, I could fill up a whole podcast with talking about that guy. I've always wondered how their marriage worked, because here's the thing that scares me about him, because him and I, I feel like, have this in common, where... Like, when I look at him, I see very easily what my future could look like, and that scares me. Gotcha. Because he leaves one thing in the name Uh, of being healthier or being better or searching for truth or whatever. Oh, yeah. I I shouldn't have. 
but he's always doing that and moving on to something else. But has has he ever seemed better? Has he ever seemed happier? Has he ever seemed healthier? You see him trying to pursue something, trying to pursue truth or whatever. And it's weird because he brings up all these valid points and you listen to him and, and he sounds very introspective, but nothing, it doesn't seem like anywhere that he's ever gone has made him better or healthier or happier. It doesn't seem like anything oh, that he's I see ever done yes, has been good for him. Yeah. And so, I don't want that. I don't want that for me. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm with you. That's the thing is... Um, is and I always wondered, like, about his marriage because... I mean, that could easily be me as well. I mean, like, you know, he was married to... You know, with I think he has... How many kids does he have? Two. Three? Two. two. I'm pretty sure I mean, two. Daughter you and, and I, son. You and I relate, relate to him and, and maybe maybe in similar and different ways... But um, right. but yeah, the whole divorce thing. I mean, it's it's. I mean, you know, like I always try to remind myself of the Louis C.K. joke when he brings up. You know, he's like he's like don't he's like <laughs> divorce is no great yeah no great marriage has ever ended in divorce. So it was bad and now it's better. You know, like <laughs> so he's like that would be sad. We were so <laughs> happy and in love and whatever, and then we got divorced. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that has happened zero times. <laughs> yeah so i don't know like it is it is a sad thing and i think the mu- musically like i mean this is this is one of the things that uh i mean you know it's like it's like i think about in the phantom menace i don't uh, you know Dark- what i want for that guy and this is what's weird is like and you're the only person that'll understand this because i've tried talking with other people about this and they don't really get it i did send the news to my mom because she watched the documentary with me and uh, I talked a lot about Bazan, but what's weird is like you feel like you know him a little bit, right? Of course. Yeah, me too. I feel like I know him. I know he doesn't know me, yeah. but I feel like I know him. And you know what I want? I want him to be happy and put out shitty records the rest of his life. Yeah. I want him to be in a better place. He has never. He talks about being in a better place. He's talked about it ad nauseum. He is never. It, it never seems like he is. Yeah. I want him to be. And it is weird because, like, the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing, like, like I felt like I was getting, like, a certain amount of wisdom or something like that from him. I'm not. And yeah. I'm saying that because if I was, it, I mean, if his, I don't want that wisdom. It's not doing much for him. I want something different. Right. And you could take, I mean, everyone can take. Like, I don't, I don't want what he's got. You know what I mean? Like, the, right. the things that he's carrying, the thing that he's got, I don't want that. And, right. you know, there's a... A line which I think is an allusion to that um, in uh, Black Mile of the Surface, Black Mile of the Sun, sorry, uh, from Manchester. The last song is called The Silence, and it's a top three favorite Manchester songs for me, probably. And he talks about, like, tried to be a basket case. I did not surprise you. I think he's talking to God, but, you know, who knows. But I tried to be a basket case. I did not surprise you. Then there's this line that I talked to you about, which I think is an allusion to Bazan. Where he said, I was lost and lost my shape. Um, yes. And there's this thing about me and I think you back then where, like, you know, you had some doubts or whatever and you're wrestling with stuff. And I mean, you have doubts forever, but the way that we wrestled with them was largely kind of either reflected or shaped or, or both, you know, which came first, Music of the Misery. Um, yes. Where you're listening. You feel this way, then you listen to Manchester Orchestra, you listen to David Bazan, 
and you're like, oh, that's how I feel. But then at some point, maybe how they're what they're saying starts shaping how you're thinking about it. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. So, at some point, the way I'm processing things, I'm starting to process things like David Bazan is. Does that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing is is. I mean, when I was younger, you know, I'm 31 now, but I started listening to him when I was 20. A long time ago, 23 probably. Um, and so it's weird for me to think now, like, like what is my fascination with that? And then if I discover my fascination with it, which I think I can do that, because my fascination comes from that's how I kind of naturally think also. But then I go like, kind of what I was talking about before with music. Did that keep me there longer? Did that keep me in an unhealthy place longer than I needed to be? And again, the reason I'm thinking that way is because I'm looking at this guy who I thought, oh man, I like the way he thinks. He yes. thinks like I do. What can I learn from this guy? And now I'm realizing, like, don't learn from that guy. Like, you, I mean, there's right. certainly there's lots of good things about Bazan. Certainly there's lots of good things about him. And the ability to be honest with yourself, that's something that you know his music has helped me do the ability to be honest with other people that's something that his music you know there's a lot there um and i can go on and on about that but at the same time it's like i i have a natural tendency to think about things that put me in a dark place i don't want to be in a dark place anymore right and i mean the the thing is 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 first of all you can take Wisdom in different people in, in, in different hands means different things. So he can he can inspire you and and give you his certain type of wisdom. But I, I think I think moreover we when we were younger we would listen to these guys and look for them look to them almost for answers when really all they were doing was asking questions. And at this right, point, we were looking to people for answers that weren't even giving. Yeah, no, they were they were right in, they were in similar the same boat or they were in a boat where they were in no. In no uh, a position to give answers, they were they were asking questions with their music, and I think we we kind of ta- you know not not on their fault, but on our own you know just being young and and not uh, yeah. you know what I mean like we glommed onto it in a sense of like oh you know looking up to them where now that we're a little older we kind of see behind the veil you know we look behind we see the Wizard of Oz type thing where it's just kind of like everyone is. Adults are just are just kids. Kind of, like here's the thing: you talk to like eighty year olds. <laughs> Bazan's just me in ten years. You know what I mean? He's fucked up. No, he's depressed. S- he's whatever. It's, and so that's the thing: yeah. is when I look at that and I go like, okay, so if my thought process, if I'm identifying that my thought process is a lot like his, well, l- where is that getting him? And I'm not just obviously the divorce is a, a weird thing for me because his music is so family centric and he is so family. Like he's always yeah. talked about his wife and his kids. And that's why, to me, it's so sad. Is it's not it's not like some other guy who like like oh they're divorced didn't even know they were married. That's not what it's like. It's a guy who always talked about his wife sure. and his kids, who's not yeah. going to have his wife and his kids now like the, that anymore. And yeah. so it feels sad. Um, and that's kind of what's brought a lot of this to light when I'm thinking about it. And then uh, did you listen to the new? So I've listened to the entire Low Tom record, the new one. Did you listen to that song? No, though, no, the first I need, single. I need to. Oh, it's. You gotta, it's weird. At the end, you know, he talks about, like, I wish I could remember the exact lyrics, but basically, I'm, I'm, 
you know, I'm out in the ocean, I can hear the foghorn blowing, I don't know where I'm going, and I don't want to not know where I'm going anymore. Oof. Like, I'm, t- I'm tired of having See, no direction, I'm tired of not having a rudder, I want, I want to, you know, whatever. Right. And it's just weird, because that's like the opposite of what he's been singing for, Yes. what, 12 years or something? Yeah. And, and so, and, you, you and know, that whole record's full of that, like, to me, what I get out of it is like, Kind of what I actually am saying about him. It's like nothing I've done so far has gotten me anywhere. I'm ready to do something different. I don't want to be like this anymore. Right. And uh, and that's what I'm saying, and not in a bad way. Like with all due respect, Mr. Bazan, but like I'm looking forward and I'm going like, if that's going to be me in 10 years, then I need to do something right now because I don't want that to be me in 10 years. Divorce aside, <laughs> kids, you know right. what I mean? Like I, I, I've listened, no one has listened to more interviews with that guy than me. No one has listened to more podcasts. Like I've, I've, up did, until like a year ago, you, every hear, single one. Did you I hear the on. new? And the, the, did you hear the one with Jim Atkins and him? <laughs> no, like I said, I kind of have slowed down on him in particular. Yes, yes, yeah. It doesn't yeah. mean I listen to none of them because I still do, but like, I, I, no, I want to be you. a healthier person, and I I'm, get I'm you. thinking that maybe that's not the guy to go to right this second. Maybe not. Maybe not. It's like it's similar. It's like with my dad. You know, my dad listened to Nine Inch Nails growing up, and uh, he took a huge, huge like he's he's put a huge wide berth between him and that band because it made him feel certain things, and it's just that's that's sometimes the power of it, you know. And if you were to talk to David Bazan behind a closed door with no video, I mean, the guy might tell you like, "Look, I'm a happy guy. I, that my music is is my my vent, my venting." You know, like I don't, I don't. I mean, do you think so? No, not necessarily because I have no other reason to no, think. No, because here's the thing is like like John Foreman, for instance, um, if you listen to like his solo music, a lot of it's sad, okay? Right. He said, I remember on his MySpace, so that's how dated I am, but on his MySpace he said, I write songs, most of them are sad, which is weird because I'm a fairly upbeat guy. Yes. Um, and that seems accurate because his music is sad, but whenever you watch interviews with him, he seems like a fairly upbeat guy. Like normal at worst and right. upbeat at best he he was on uh dustin kinsrew's podcast uh oh yeah really Very recently it was yeah within the past month and i listened to it it's actually probably the best one i've heard him do in years because he's very uh press oriented you know what i mean like his answers are very canned normally like i i don't think he likes talking about his personal life too much but dustin got him talking more personally than normal and it was just weird how, like, he is, like, he just seems such a, like, a genuine nice guy. Bazan also seems like a nice guy. But he seems like a happy guy. Yes. Um, I get you. And Bazan, when you listen to interviews with him, he sounds just as miserable as he does on his music. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's the truth. And, and he'll, he'll talk about how... You know, finding peace and, you know, he's trying to get healthier. But, like, how, how long are you going to be on that journey? How long are you going to be doing that? Now, forever. Keep You keep right. pushing. That's what I would say. Keep pushing until you find it. Keep pushing until you find it. But the thing that I don't I don't feel like he's done, and if I talk to him behind closed doors, this is what I would like to ask him. Do you feel like you've done this? You're going down a path. You're going down a path. This isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. This isn't working. But you just keep pushing down that same path. At some point, after a few years, you should go, like, this isn't the one. This isn't yeah. gonna bring me what I'm looking for. I need right. a different one. Yes. Yeah. Eventually, you gotta stop and look at what you're doing. Like, for a lot of us, a lot. I mean, I have you know a lot of us. I mean, just you know, 
like uh, people in general where we, we just we're not looking at what we're pushing down the road we're not looking at anything we're just doing it and just not you know and then once you stand up and you look down and you're like what am i doing what am I really, like, and you look over to the right and there's something that might work better or something that's healthier for you. Like, sometimes it takes stopping what you're doing and just looking around for a second. And I maybe he, maybe, and, you know, just obviously, like, whether I'm projecting or, or whether I'm projecting or, um, or, or, or assuming too much, but maybe he hasn't done that in a while. I mean, he seems pretty upset at God for a long time. Which I think is a little bit different on if I'm, you know, may say so, like on your end, I don't think you're angry at God. So, like, what I mean is, I think you, you know, like, could you ever be David Bisson? Maybe not, because he has a different. Well, no, I was, though. Things. I mean, just recently, I was, sure. like, super angry. Oh, I no, no. I just. Stay there. I you, just you said I something one time diff- that I thought was really interesting right. about him. Because, you know, he would say that he doesn't believe in God, at least not, at least not the Judeo Christian God. That's what he said. Yeah, I'd like to believe that there's some god out there, but I don't know anything about what that thing is. Um, so, you talked about one time, and I thought I think that this is accurate because God still shows up all the time, right, in the songs. Yes. Every record, at least once. Right. Um, and you said if you wrote, if you were dating a girl and you broke up with a girl, and then you wrote a record about her. Yeah. Um, would you say that that means that you're still not over her? And I said, yeah, because that is what that means, right? It's a way of processing getting over somebody. It could be all that. But also the fact that you're writing about it still means that you're not totally over it, right? Yep. Well, what if 10 years later you were still writing records about that same girl? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're definitely... And that's what I think is so funny is for Bazan to go around talking about how he doesn't believe in this thing. Stop talking to him. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I remember one interview with him saying that he still finds himself praying, and uh, you yeah. know, like I'm just like, why? <laughs> why? Like, if 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 your words mean what they say when 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 you when you say you don't believe in in God, like I, you know, I think that's a, that's a, and that's not a why question. Like, why would you do? Why would you even do that? It would be like, why? Like, is that something to explore? Maybe. And yeah, I mean, like, I think his outlook is it it, it probably is. A little more bleak when it comes to God at this point. I mean, he doesn't like you. You know, like we've both seen him say that he's not. Uh, yeah. He doesn't seem that 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 interested. But then his music speaks differently. Um, but I think all these years of writing <laughs> the music he's he's been writing uh, has prepared him for this divorce because, like, like in the Phantom Menace when Darth Maul shows up and Obi Wan says uh, uh, Synthar speciality. I think sadness and heartbreak uh, is his speciality when it comes to comes to comes oh to my combating with songs, and I think it's going. I think it's prepared him for this. Now, not to say that you know you can't compound sadness with sadness. I mean, musicians, unfortunately, like you know, are, are some of the most you know sad and you know people. Like when they say comedians, comedians are you know most comedians are really fucked up. Like musicians yeah. are have have a long history of that too, you know. Um, I mean, the Twenty Seven Club exists, you know. It's sad, uh, but yeah. Anyways, I do I do have to go here. Um, yeah, I got I got to make some make some food um, for the kids and well myself. My stomach's now hurting. You know when you you know when you're not hungry but your stomach's hurting. 
it's such like a bullshit thing because it's just like why can't I just at least feel hungry but yeah my stomach's hurting it's like you haven't eaten in you know two hours so it's just like come on like you know but um, uh. anyways alright so. well this has been great I just want to say hi to the two people in New Zealand hi to Amy because she's probably listening to this and uh, nobody else listens so who's Amy Amy, she's a, she's a friend of mine, and she listens to our podcast. One time you said, hey, we got a new listener. And I don't remember, I don't think I told you, but uh, that was our friend Amy, and I knew that when you oh. said that. So. Oh, hi. Hi, Amy. I'm waving right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, hope you have a good one, and we'll talk soon. All right, brother. Love you, man. All right, love you too.